Coffee Podcast. Podcast with coffee about dogs and cats. Well, first, let us tell everyone this is episode 26, so we are officially at our half year mark. How exciting. Of podcasting. Happy Does it year. feel like it's been that long? No. No, but as we all know, the time that happens in the pandemic is weirder than normal time, which is already weird. It goes faster and slower at the same time. Yeah. That means that we probably should have an idea of what we're doing at this point. I don't know if that's true or not, but we have at least a handful, a couple of handfuls of faithful listeners mm-hmm. who are on here every single week, so we really appreciate that and beseech you to give us any feedback if you have ideas for how we could do better or what we could be talking about that you'd be really interested in. Otherwise, we're going to keep doing our thing, interviewing our coworkers, talking about things related to the shelter and our jobs. Um, but yeah, we're doing this for the community and for the listeners, so if you have specific things you'd like to learn about, please let us know. We Yes, we would love to hear what you want to hear about, because we could talk all day long about the shelter. And <laughs> about what things, interests us. <laughs> yeah, and the things that are important to us and what our day-to-day is like, but it may not be interesting to you, so we want to hear from you. Yeah, so we are recording this episode mere hours after completing the Shelter Showdown, which is this annual event that... I'm, I'm pretty sure Melissa Bruner at WIBW first proposed it and is really the one who makes sure it happens every year. It's our shelter's version of the Puppy Bowl, and basically we set up a little fake field inside of our training room and usually have a litter of puppies that are in foster care that we bring in to play with football-shaped toys, talk about the upcoming Super Bowl, talk about fostering, show off cute puppies, just a lot of great fun stuff all together. This is kind of one of the fun days at work where it's like is this really my job i'm just helping wrangle puppies in little jerseys running around while the news is live streaming it so we did that um melissa was out of town last year so sean wheat did it with us and that was grace's first year doing shelter showdown so what do you think and I brought my parents do you remember last yeah i year? do that was the first time i saw lynn powell i think in yeah. person yeah that was a lot of fun that we were doing the shelter showdown and I really wanted my parents to come see where I work. Come see so my new job. It's like, hey guys, come see my new job. I work here. I'd only been here like four months. Mm-hmm. And I was off that day, but I didn't want to miss the shelter showdown. So I was like, you can meet the news reporter. Yeah. I mean, the journalists. I don't know. Media. What's the, what's the word? I have no idea. Well, you can meet our famous friends. <laughs> our famous friends. And you can meet some dogs. <laughs> and it'll be a lot of fun. And that mm-hmm. was really cute. And mm-hmm. my parents met a few of our volunteers and loved them. Mm-hmm. Loved Lynette. Yeah, and so this year the puppies came in early in the morning because I think their foster mom was going to work, and we put them in our little behavior room, and they were, like, running and wrestling and barking and playing. So then by the time Melissa got here, they were all just ready to pass out and take a nap, and they ended up, like, all along her body, all four of them were sleeping, which was really cute, but it wasn't wasn't quite the same shelter showdown as usual. But if you want to see it, because it's really cute, WIBW live streamed it and we shared it to our Facebook page. So if you go look us up on Facebook, you should be able to find it fairly easily. And it's just cute, fun, hanging with puppies. Hanging with the puppies. And of course, we are excited. My so my our coworker Michelle and her whole family are very into the Chiefs, so they have so much like paraphernalia. So we had all of these cool decorations and stuff that were Chiefs for the shelter showdown. Thanks to her. So shout out Michelle. Yeah. And clearly, y'all know who we're rooting for. We're shelter in Kansas. You know who we're rooting for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was the shelter showdown. 
which I don't know if that's just like a natural segue into talking about Amos because puppies and Grace's puppy, who we talked about a lot last week. You know, can I get an update. A pup date. I was thinking that maybe there was some self disclosure that was needed for some of our listeners because we had been talking on the podcast about my interest in fostering and how I wanted to foster, mm-hmm. and we were preparing to foster and we were securing our yard and we were rearranging our house and we were getting ready to begin fostering. Mm-hmm. And then very, very quickly it was like, Grace adopted a puppy. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, that Listeners might be like, wait, what happened? We, yeah, what happened? Mm-hmm. I thought maybe, maybe we should talk about that because... Although if you are a person who's ever walked into a shelter and fell in love with a complete different animal than you expected to, you know what happened already, but here's the story. Yeah, yeah, and that's very true. I think for me that's a very good example of how you think you have a plan and you think you know what you're going to do, but then the animal that you fall in love with is not the one you ever, ever imagined. So yep. that's kind of what happened. And we were still planning on fostering. We have we had two that we were interested in fostering that for various reasons was not did not happen, was not a fit, and that was kind of discouraging, um, but at no fault of the foster program and at no fault of the organization and at no fault of ours, I should say. You know, I mean, that's just the nature of how it goes and how we're working with, like, live animals. I mean, they have their own feelings and behaviors and things. But <laughs> in a weird turn of events, it's our medical center coordinator, and she was walking, she was carrying these two puppies, and I thought, oh, my gosh, those are so funny because they look just like my dog, like, identical to how my dog looks as a puppy. I thought, wow, how funny, and I sent a picture to Mr. Clinton, my husband, who immediately wrote back and was like, cool, I think I should come up there and meet them, we should adopt one. And let me tell y'all, Double take. there is never a time that I will ever say no to a new animal. Like, yeah. any time. Andrew's he, always been the one who said, be like, no, Yeah, no. he says no to so many animals, which he probably needs to, because... Mm-hmm. There always has to be that one yeah. person in their relationship. Yeah, because I like, probably, <laughs> since working here, I probably would have brought home like 15 of them, I and mean, there's so many that I love. Mm-hmm. So he has to be the voice of reason, so he tells me no a lot. And so the fact that he was interested in one and wanted to adopt one, I was like, oh, well... Okay, sure. Yeah, I guess. It's We're getting a puppy. Yeah, I'm on this train. So he came up the next day. Um, he scheduled Dr. Grace, our veterinarian, to come up the next day and meet them. And bless her heart, she let us use her office. <laughs> well, I mean, she offered it, but you don't yes. end up going in the yes. room. But she's like, you can use my office. But then Emmy helped us, and we brought the litter into the training room. and let's play. Yeah, so your guys', is, which this is kind of a smart agreement, I think, for couples, is he let you narrow down the three mm-hmm. that you were interested in, your top three out of the like six puppies that there mm-hmm. were and then he kind of helped pick from those three mm-hmm. yeah, he, get? Had the, he had the final say and he should have the final say because I usually pick most of our pets mm-hmm. um, so since he was one who was really more interested I mean I'm always interested so, mm-hmm. but you know so he picked well one of the two biggest two uh-huh. chunkiest 14 pound mm-hmm. eight weeks it's a really big puppy <laughs> um, and that's been a lot of fun we've learned a lot I'm so grateful to work in an animal resource center Right. So many questions. Resources everywhere. I've learned about kennel cough. I've learned about bladder development. I've learned about biting. Training. training. Yeah. I've learned about, because he's a, he's a biter. Mm-hmm. He's a heel, he's a heel nipper. Yeah. Just not going to be cute. That's some herding breed um, behavior. So we've been learning a lot about that, about distraction techniques that go find it and leave it and things like that that I had no idea about. Right. Um, rewind to the day you guys met the puppies together. How did Andrew pick the one he picked? 
Ooh, okay. Well, and you were there. Uh-huh. You were there. So I had in my mind... We had three at mm-hmm. first, and then pretty quickly you guys narrowed it down to two. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly why. There was... Well, there was two that were bigger, and mm-hmm. there was one that was a lot smaller. And he looked more... He looked a little different than the other two. He looked more like a very small pity, mm-hmm. which is fine, because we like pity, so it would have been fine if, he, if we weren't narrowing him out based on his... Bree, we were more nearing him out based on his build. Mm-hmm. He was much smaller and yeah, kind like of we big. Dumb. Yeah, yeah, he, he was. He had a very like much more like muscular build, and the other ones kind of had like you were just chunky with a lot more wrinkles. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thought, well, that one, that one maybe is smaller, which we totally could be wrong since we're keeping in touch with the other doctors. Mm-hmm. We'll see we how they grow yeah. up, what they all look like. So we narrowed them down, and we had the two that were the similar size. They were both fourteen pounds. One was all cream color, and one was white with the brown eyes. So their markings were very, very, very different. Yes. And Kathy had told me beforehand, she talked to us both about, be very you know, careful, look at your lifestyle, because you might think the most outgoing one is the one you want, but then keep in mind they're going to be the most, like, adventurous needy and, and needy yeah. in your space all the time. But if you, like, are more... You like the kind of one that's hiding because you like the idea of like, oh, this one needs me the most because he's hiding in the back of his kennel. Like, be thinking about how you're going to have to work really hard on socializing that animal. Mm-hmm. So if you are not somebody who goes out and about a lot, that may not be a good fit. So we kind of had to look at that. And there was the two. And I kind of like the cream color one's markings a little bit more. But I think you were in there and a, a metal chair fell, a folding mm-hmm. chair fell while we were trying to set him up. And he ran and hid, and he would not come out. He would not. Co- I had to pull him out, and he was still shaking. He yeah. just didn't recover from the noise. And we thought, mm, we're taking him in a home with three cats and another dog. That make, well, at least one of the cats makes a lot of noise. <laughs> Tabby, y'all have heard on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So we thought, mm, he'd probably be very, very overwhelmed at how noisy our household is. It's just, it's a noisy place to be. Mm-hmm. We can't help it. Andrew plays video games, you know. Um, I'm always cooking something, and I cannot say that I am a very clean cook, so I drop stuff a lot. So there's pots clean, and we were like, no, we're a noisy household. This would be a little much for him. Yeah. Which we'll have to tell where he ended up, because it's perfect for him. But the other one didn't even seem to notice the chair. He was just in his world. He didn't even seem to notice. He didn't seem bothered, but he didn't. We didn't seem curious about it. He didn't. He just was a very mellow <laughs> dog. And we thought, well, actually, this one that's unbothered by most things, personality worked more. And then Andrew confessed that he actually liked the markings much more. Mm-hmm. He said, I really like the raccoon eyes. He said, I think this one looks more like a St. Bernard. Mm-hmm. So he really wanted that one. And I said, cool. Okay. That's the one. His name was Clyde here, but his name is Amos now. Amos. Yes. And then it was really cute because I talked to Rachel. And she's like, great. Well, I'll microchip them right now so that he's ready to go tomorrow. Yeah. Really great. Okay. Um, yeah. So that worked out really well. And then... The other one, the cream color one, you know, we've been in touch with a few of their adopters, and mm-hmm. his adopter emailed and said he is a very sensitive soul. Aww. He does, he's a light sleeper, he does get nervous with noises, but it's just him and his adopter. It's just the two of them in their home. Aww. It's two good buddies, and it's I just perfect. think they're a really sweet pair, so it is perfect, because this yeah. family seems to have much less I love chaotic that. life than we do. I can't wait to interview Margaret again and talk more about Amos, because, you know, Grace came up to her and was like... I don't want you to think that this means that we, like, don't want to foster dogs. I know I was offering to foster, but for some reason, Andrew just, like, fell in love. And Margaret was like, you know what? I totally believe that it's fate and you, maybe you need a certain animal in your life for some reason or that animal needs you for some reason. And so there's a reason that you want to adopt them at the time that you do. 
and yeah. I just can't wait for the story she to was, unfold. She was so kind about it, because you're right, I was very worried about, you know, we do ask people to foster, and we say that we need fosters, and we do, you know, that is something we do, but I felt yeah. a little bit like I was going back on my word, and I felt a little bit like, I was very worried of Margaret finding out, because I didn't want her to think that I was a liar, and I didn't want her to think that I wasn't going to foster, mm-hmm. but... That actually turned out okay because she pointed out as well. She said, "I think that we all have lessons to learn, and we all have different animals that can teach us different lessons at different times. Yep. And there's you have this dog that now you're going to learn a lot about obedience training, and maybe you need that foundation before we can start placing behavior dogs. Yeah, maybe it'd make you an even better foster. Yep. You know. Yep. And so and we told her we are still interested in fostering. Don't don't rule us out yet. Obviously, we have a little bit. We're a little distracted for the next few months to a year. Uh huh. Um, because we need to get him a little bit under control, as a little puppy. Yay. But I said, keep us in mind, because, you know, what's a sixth animal? What a, a, mm-hmm. Once your house is already... Yeah, five, what's five to six? Yeah, yeah, like, you're already feeding all the time, you're already on a routine, you're already vacuuming and cleaning all the time, like, yep. whatever, what's another one, is yep. how I feel. Um, and I think that part of that <clears throat> outlook and knowledge just comes from Margaret being in working here for 20 years and also working with animals even beyond that like mm-hmm. she just has so much wisdom to offer yes. when it comes to and that's throwing out a plug to everybody HHHS Petticoat classes yep. and all our training program is enrolling right now I so. can't wait to hear your yes. updates once you start class very soon you guys could be in class with Grace and Amos yeah. if you sign and up now please 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 Amos needs to meet as many pet and human friends as he can He's going to love everybody. And Taffy's like, I don't know if she's his best friend or he's just her best friend, but it's it's like they're... I liked your story about her not wanting to leave his kennel the other night, like grabbing onto the bars because she was like, "No, I want to oh, be with my I buddy Amos tonight." I have a video to show you of them wrestling. It's pretty cute. Aww. Amos tried to play with one of the senior kitties the way Kathy <laughs> got his little behind hand. He too. learned real quick that and he yelped, and when I told Kathy he yelped, she said that was really sad. It is sad, but you he know, a lesson too. learned. Mm-hmm. He said, Whoa! "Not all cats are Taffy. Taffy's one special cat. Leave the other ones alone." It's true. Oh. Um, I was going to say another good plug would be Poo Squad. <gasps> Heck yes. Shout out Poo Squad. So Poo Squad is a local business here. This is a great service. They yeah. will pick up the dog poop in your yard. So they will come to you. They can my dad work. used to call this chore poop patrol, and it was my least favorite chore. So <laughs> Now that we have not one but two large dogs, mm-hmm. the poop. The poop is so much. Yeah. So I actually knew about Poo Squad before I got a second dog because mm-hmm. they sponsor a lot of different things here at Helping Hands. So they've sponsored some of our events in the past, and they sponsor adoption fees for some of the dogs, yeah. and they're very involved, and they offer free poop, poop pickup for foster animals um, to keep your yard healthy so that if your dog is sick. Yeah, another incentive to foster yeah. with us. Yeah, like if you have a dog who has, like, Parvo, and you're trying to foster it, and you're, hum- like, you mm-hmm. know, and you want to keep your yard clean so that it's clean for the next dog that comes in and if you don't have poop remnants they'll come take care of that for you for free for fostering which is so cool yeah so i knew about them as a business partner but i signed up for them for my own sanity yes to talk about poop amos's poops are bigger than karina's and he's nine weeks what bigger he said he gained a pound in a week yep already yep you know this is a poopy business because earlier emmy was on the phone and she could never (laughs) say Oh, is this about the diarrhea? Is exactly <laughs> what she said. Yep. And then we were um, 
worried it would be a pooper bowl. Grace mm-hmm. came up with that one, but it wasn't. There was no diarrhea during shelter shutdown, so that was a win. Yep. But yeah, poop is just a part of life working here. And I mean, having animals is just kind of next level here because it's at work and at home now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. <sighs> it is a lot of fun. There's so much to learn about puppies. Yes. And everybody loves puppies. Here's the other thing that I have, I have fallen into, but thankfully I had a little bit... My rose-colored glasses have been diminished a little bit in working here because everybody's yeah. like, oh, puppies are so cute. It's going to be so much fun. As soon as everybody found out I had adopted one of those puppies, everybody was like, you crazy. Our vet said, girl, you crazy. Gabby <laughs> yeah, said, have fun you with that. crazy. Have fun missing your sleep and being stuck out in the cold all the time. It is true. And pro tip, if you go and adopt a puppy, do it in the warm months because yes. there is nothing less fun than being outside at 2 in the morning in the freezing rain in the middle of January. So many else people in California, they can adopt a puppy any time of year. And yeah. it's going to be nice to go outside yeah, potty training. God, potty training in the snow is really hard. Because Ugh. they don't want to be in it. I don't want to be in it. Yep. My patience of standing out there and waiting them out, waiting until they go before bringing them back in. Yep. It can take a while. Yep. And then they're being stubborn because they don't like the snow. Do you want to talk about your little tip about setting your timer during like playtime? For potty. Oh, yes. Because that's a good one that I wouldn't have thought of. Which I think would also probably be useful for people who recently adopted even an adult animal who's mm-hmm. struggling with potty training because sometimes animals might have been potty trained before they came to the shelter, but they've been on months of the same routine yeah. being in here and maybe eating out once a day instead of regularly. So they're going to be potty training reminders when they get home. Yeah. Kind of a refresher course. Mm-hmm. So even for puppies and non-puppies, um, I've noticed with Amos that during playtime he gets super worked up. And he, which is usually the witching hours, like from 8 to 9 p.m. <laughs> nothing in my house gets done for me. I can't read. Yep. No TV watching. There's nothing. Like, he is, this is, please don't chew that shoe. No, give me that cord. What's in your mouth? Let me fish that bottle cap out of your mouth. How did you find this? No, we just had a load. No, we don't chew on doors. Is it time to go potty again? This is, this is the evening that I live with right now. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Um, so he gets really worked up, and sometimes he doesn't realize he has to go potty. He just doesn't so know. Distracted. Who in the zone? Mm-hmm. So we have, I set an alarm in the evenings. Usually it's like a two, three hour range. Every 15 minutes, we go outside, and then I come back in and reset the alarm for 15 minutes. Yeah. So if I can do something in that 15, I can, sometimes I might be able to squeeze in a shower in that 15 minutes, <laughs> or maybe a chapter in my book while watching Side Eye for him of what he's up to, but... Every 15 minutes, we go out till bedtime. And has that helped prevent accidents mm-hmm. inside? Yes, it has. Nice. Yes, it certainly has. That's good. It's hard work, but... It is hard work. And he t- can usually hold it other than when he's playing. Right. That's usually like when he's a little too worked up. So, mm-hmm. then the alarm. And if you have a new pet at home and you're trying to um, work with them on relearning potty training, if they're not in the crate, I just, we just watch really carefully. Yeah. We just really do. And consistently take him out because the other thing is is we don't want him to have opportunities to practice bad behavior mm-hmm. um and potting inside is a pretty normal behavior i wouldn't say it's a bad behavior but we don't want to let it reinforce itself by having him do it consistently so. yeah and i mean we <laughs> we haven't given any what do you call those in a while where we're like we're not like professional no we're, we're not absolutely trainers. not we're you know we're just like chatting about our experiences and what grace is learning yada yada but I do still think it's good to mention that, like, a lot of us, when we were younger and saw our parents potty training animals, they may have disciplined them for going potty in the house and mm-hmm. and just learning and training and dog cognition and all that stuff has kind of developed over the years to tell us that if you do that, then they will learn to hide it from you when they potty in the house. <laughs> and so that's not great either. So you want to 
try to prevent it if you can so they don't even develop the habit. Um, or if you catch them, try to show them the appropriate thing to do, but not necessarily disciplining mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's something we've struggled with, and I'm looking forward to learning in training class because if we catch them in the act, do we let them finish? Do we take them outside? Do we right, start risk cleaning? getting peed on while you're trying yeah, to carry him outside. Yeah, cleaning it up while he's peeing because is that showing him any type of attention because we're in his proximity? Right. What do we do? That's so a good question. We don't know. So we're going to ask in training because we do not want to use fear-based training practice at all. Yeah. And I think you're right. The one thing that's a positive that we're glad about, I am very grateful, I mean, I really am, that he will be right in front of me. Like, he'll just look right at me and start <laughs> fiddling on the floor. Because in my mind, I'm like, that's good because he's not afraid of us. He's, yeah, he doesn't feel like he's doing something shameful. He doesn't think pottying is shameful. Mm-hmm. He doesn't think that doing a normal, natural activity yeah. is something to that would cause him harm. Right. So we're like, okay, and also so much easier to clean it if I find it when it's fresh. Right I'll away. Clean it yeah. Up within two minutes. Yeah. It's way easier than stepping in cold pee that's now hardened into the floor. Mm-hmm. Like that's way more difficult. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Lots of ultimate positives to it, even though it sounds counterintuitive or like it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. and my house does not smell like pee let me also just throw out a disclaimer here Snaps to me i've had any person who's come to my house I'm like can you sniff it what my house smell like nice get really self-conscious that now we got so many animals right yeah it's hard like like am i just that crazy animal person that's just used to smells now because i feel that way at the shelter i'm pretty sure i'm used to yeah, the smells here anything. we'll give a tour every once in a while but pre-pandemic and especially kids are not shy to tell you when it stinks and you're like oh like, sorry you, this is just what yeah. it smells like, you get, like here. a school group of first yeah. graders and one of them always always like, says it smells like poopy <laughs> <laughs> like, and i get like a little self-conscious like we clean we clean <laughs> sometimes they poop with their kettle oh, oh we got 300 animals in here yep. i don't know <laughs> Oh, good memories, pre-pandemic yep. memories. I can't wait to be told we smell. Right? I can't wait for that opportunity again. Yeah, see little fun. first grader faces again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was trying to think if there was anything else puppy related, but I feel like we talked quite a lot about that, and we're going to have many more opportunities in future episodes to give the little puppy updates, which I think are just really fabulous because lots of people are thinking about adopting a puppy, might have a puppy right now, have a, have a dog, and are interested in reflecting on how they raise that dog. And I, it's just a very interesting, fun topic, I think. They're baby dogs. They are baby We're dogs. raising baby dogs. They are baby dogs. Oh. Office cat update. update. I listened to, re-listened to last week's episode, and I think I realized that we didn't mention between last week and the week before that Gawain got adopted, I believe, during that time. So we were very excited for him on that. And then this past week, it was Delta's turn. Yay, she was like our, good. well, besides Davina, our last adoptable office kitten. And what happened was Dawn's family sent a cute little update video of Dawn and said she's come out of Rochelle amazingly. She's cuddly, playful, outgoing, wonderful, yada, yada. And I was telling other members of the team about this. And Kathy was like, tell them if they want to adopt Delta, like we would love for them to have her. And and we had to come to them and say, okay, we realize we're telling you like the complete opposite of what we first told you when you were in here is that they wouldn't be good to adopt together because they're both shy. They would stick together in their shyness. But the fact that Delta or Dawn has so quickly come out of her shell and blossomed and become this outgoing kitty in your home, we don't think that will suddenly change just because we add Delta in there. We think that Delta could learn from her and these wonderful positive behaviors. So they, I think really what happened was she was like, I don't know if I want two kittens, but I'm going to bring my mom in to meet her. Maybe we could keep her in the family. And then she still really bonded with Delta. I was like, okay, I guess we're getting two kittens. I never <laughs> wanted two cats. But sometimes it can be really nice to have two kitties that play together. 
So yeah. that was so exciting for Delta. I was very Delta. happy about this. Yeah, and I'm very happy that they did not end up as blind cats. Yes, they're like, you know, in a loving home, house cats with kids, older kids, mm-hmm. the sisters are back together. They were, and they were on that in-between cusp, I felt like, and I know yeah. we talked with Dr. Grace and with Kerrigan about this, um, because they were a little bit too social and anxious to be barn cats. They mm-hmm. just didn't really have the, like, feral. They didn't seem like, I want to live outside yeah. and take care of myself. Yeah, they didn't really have the, like, yeah, sense of self-preservation mm-hmm. um, that a barn kitty needs to survive, but they also didn't really have the, like, human sociability to be, like, a house cat. Yeah. Um, so they were kind of weird in between. They were, like, semi-feral, but yep. they, weren't, they weren't really feral enough to live outdoors, but they weren't really nice enough to live indoors, so mm-hmm. we were a little bit unsure of what we were going to do with them. Yeah, and Delta wasn't even really letting us pick her up or hold her or enjoying that. Kathy was slowly building her trust with her and getting her to purr, but then that a doctor came in and she was like carrying her around and Delta was fine with her so that was really was another cool. one that was meant to be and that was really cool that they were like so understanding and patient of like here's some slightly feral kittens that we would like to live in a home yeah <laughs> I love that yeah, that's one of those cool unicorn with, yeah. families and they were very cool with that so we're very happy for them yes. we, we hope for wonderful outcomes like this for all of our pets yes Davina's the next on the list to get adopted if you need a one-eyed kitty come see us yeah she's a senior kitty she's like eight she's Mm -hmm. very small she's fully sponsored yep she's fully sponsored zero dollars to adopt she is quiet and mostly hangs out in her favorite hidey holes all day once she gets used to she'll want some attention from you like she's in Don's office and she gets attention from him other than that she just stays quietly in her favorite spots Mm -hmm. and lives her life and then with Papa, of course, Papa Geppetto, he's sitting right next to me right now, living his best life where he just likes to eat his wet food mm-hmm. and hang out near somebody all day on his comfy blankets. And then Kathy has her sanctuary cats in her office, but it's a little bit quiet in the office. Time for some new ones. Yeah, time we for some say fresh blood. We're going to jinx it because <laughs> in any shelter, we're like, it's wonderful if there's animals not here because that means that they're where they should be. Yeah. Um, yeah. But on the other hand, we're selfishly like, but I work in a building full of animals and it's not full of animals. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just been a while since we went very long without any kittens back here. Yeah. So, the, you know, the energy is just so much more chill without any kittens. We want to rile it up a little yeah, bit. We do. Get this energy going. Yeah, we sure do. Yeah. Soft's cat update. It is. We need to do a myth bust. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Did we... I want to do a myth bust of something that we were talking about with Charlie Wolchie just earlier today. Perfect. So, one of the thing, one of our goals, so we know that there's a lot of community miseducation out in the world. A big part of that has to do with um, viral stuff on social media that people believe to be yeah. true, even though it's not. It has to do with some of the historical elements of our shelter and how far we've grown people maybe their opinion of us hasn't grown as we've grown yeah so we have to go back and sort of re-educate well i had seen something earlier today one of the things that people get really outraged about is that we only have is that we have a three-day legal stray hold so if an animal is found and is brought in by animal control or by a member of the community legally we can't do anything with it for three business days Mm -hmm. not counting the one that it came in on so Mm -hmm. we um we can't do operations unless it's super, super, super life-saving and we can get some special permission. We can't go to foster. We can't even do grooming. There's a lot of things that we're limited on because they are not our property. Mm-hmm. So we have a three-day stray hold. Um, and then I think a lot of times people feel like there's some three days isn't enough to get your your pet back. So once the three days is up, you're never getting your animal ever again. And how unfair that is to owners because you know three days maybe somebody can't get to the shelter in three days or maybe they didn't look in the shelter in those three days and we have to be very careful on stopping and rewinding and not responding with like 
If my pet was lost, I'd look for it in 72 hours because there's a lot of factors of why somebody could not have found it in the three days. Yeah. But we also really want to let people know it's like, when their three days is up, that doesn't mean that that animal just like vanishes into thin air. Yeah. Like, it's still here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or that you don't have the opportunity to yeah. get it back through one avenue or the other if you're the rightful owner. Yeah. So we were talking today um, with a community member about this, that there is still, like we've talked about in previous episodes, we've got a series of behavior assessments, we have a series of medical assessments, we may have a series of you know, medical interventions such as sterilization surgery or any other kind of surgery, and those can take some time. Mm-hmm. So you're probably not going to, three days after you lose your pet, see it on our adoption floor and yeah. be like, oh no, you adopted my pet out too quickly, because there's usually a gap of several weeks mm-hmm. between when they arrive and when they're on the adoption floor. So. We do allow ample time for people to still contact and receive their pet. Mm -hmm. We're working on that. We're certainly working on our return to um, home procedures, which is something we're going to be doing a lot of in February and March, and you're going to be hearing about it a lot in February and March. Um, And so we'll talk about that and kind of what initiatives we are going to be taking to try and improve reuniting pets with their owners in that 72 hours, because that is the goal. But on the other hand, like there doesn't just magically end after three hours yeah i think that yeah that's perfect in the next several episodes we'll give little updates on the return to home challenge Mm -hmm. throughout march that we'll be prepping for in february so yeah that's kind of the perfect um timing to talk about that subject because we'll be working on our telling you more about how return to home works and some new things we'll be trying to make it even better yes but i yeah i guess the biggest thing i would say is Keep it at the top of your mind that if you live in the Topeka, Shawnee County community, Helping Hands should absolutely be the very first place you contact if you find a stray animal or lose your pet and keep that information in mind to tell any friends, family members, Facebook friends who you see posting about their lost pets, please encourage them to contact us because we we want them to go home the same day or as soon as possible if a pet really has a loving family and they're just lost from them. We absolutely want to get them back to that family. That is our ultimate goal and I think sometimes just that education and communication that people should contact us is the most is the best step we can take towards mm-hmm. that goal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so get in touch with this mm-hmm. if your pet runs out the fence first phone call you make mm-hmm. helping hands yeah like let us know let us know um, because you know because we can't reunite that animal to you and, and keep checking with us too because if your pet does come in we can only hold it for 72 hours. And if you told us that, you know, you lost a black kitty with, you know, a white face, mm-hmm. and we get four black kitties in with a white face, do you want us to call you every single time? Or, like, just stay in touch with us. You know, yeah. just stay, stay, stay in touch with us. So we really encourage people to do that. I think that was a good move, bust. And then that makes that 72 hours kind of stretch out. If we're in touch with you, 72, you can get a lot done in 72 hours. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yay. Yay! Okay. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us for episode 26. It has been a delight yes. to share happy year with you all during this pandemic. Yeah. Never forget, we're all in this together. Oh, yeah. Delightful. Mm-hmm.